0: everyone welcome to today's episode of the jerry's world podcast on today's episode new york becomes the latest state in the united states of america to legalize weed i look ahead to the final four as i recap the sweet 16 and elite eight of march madness i will explain to you why bill walton is the man and i will conclude today's episode with some final thoughts as i have always done sit back and enjoy everybody So New York State is officially the latest state in our great nation to have officially legalized the recreational use of marijuana. Now, I'm going to go back to March 15th of 2021. So just a couple weeks ago, Governor Cuomo announced that New York was very close to legalizing the recreational use of marijuana for adults. I will now fast forward to a week later, March 23rd of 2021, where the State Senate and Assembly were talking and they were debating on a deal to bring marijuana use and and the legality of it up to a vote in the State Senate and the State Assembly before it can go to the governor. The next day, March 24th, They had announced a deal, according to Bloomberg, reporting that a deal was reached for the State Senate and the Assembly to legalize marijuana and have the bill sent over to the governor's office. And fast forward to March 30th of 2021, where said bill was passed by both the State Senate and the State Assembly where it was eventually sent to Governor Cuomo's desk, where on March 31st of 2021, he signed the bill into law, thus effectively legalizing the recreational use of marijuana for adults in New York State. Therefore, New York State is now the latest state in the country to legalize pot. So if you're an adult over 21, you can smoke weed, you can eat edibles, you can pretty much get away with it as long as it as long as you're doing it within the legal guidelines, of course, I mean, if you choose to smoke it in your house you can and eat it and eat edibles in your house, go right ahead, obviously, you know there are legalities of how the law is now, obviously like you you can't smoke weed and drive, obviously that's just ridiculous anyways, but in terms of it, this is a historic deal for the most part, okay Cuomo signed what is officially known as the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act into law after it was passed by the state Assembly and Senate, and the legislation, according to the governor 's office, not only establishes an office of cannabis management, which pretty much like oversees like how. The marijuana industry in New York will operate and the legalities of everything as well. The legislation will also expand the existing medical marijuana program uh, that is currently going on in New York State, which should make it easier, easier for people that need marijuana for medical use to get access to it so they can use it to treat whatever they need it for. It will also establish a licensing system for people who want to open up dispensaries, dispensaries in New York State once you are allowed to legally sell marijuana. It will also create a social and economic equity program that will encourage individuals that are disproportionately impacted by cannabis enforcement to participate in the industry. And last but not least, the state's going to tax the shit out of it. Tax collection by the state is projected to reach $350 million on an annual basis, but it's also supposed to potentially create anywhere between 30,000 and 60,000 jobs. So not only is the pot going to get the fuck taxed out of, like many people have said would happen anyways, but the pot industry is also going to create thousands of jobs in the state. Obviously... With how big the state is, in terms of its population, and it, and because of, you know, we have New York City. We've got Niagara Falls. We've got many great areas here in New York State where dispensaries can be pre, can be placed. Like, like I said, Niagara Falls. Put a dispensary there. New York City. Hundreds will probably be there, okay? Got up in the Adirondack region, obviously, like those small towns up north, uh, who who knows what they'll do up there. But Cuomo is quoted as saying that this is a historic day in New York. One that rights the wrongs of the past by putting an end to harsh prison sentences, embraces an industry that will grow the Empire State's economy, and prioritizes marginalized communities that, so that have suffered the most will be the first to reap the benefits. It was known that this legislation was one of the top priorities of the governor in his State of the State annual agenda. And... He's quoted as saying that he's proud that these comprehensive reforms address and balance the social equity, safety, and economic impacts of legal adult-use cannabis. And as we all know, this has come after years of failed attempts. The state itself will join more than a dozen other states that have legalized cannabis, including neighboring New Jersey. But New Yorkers won't be able to immediately purchase marijuana. Obviously, the state still needs to set up rules around sales and a proposed cannabis board. That's where the Office of Cannabis Management comes in, and that's where the licensing system comes in. Okay, The Assembly said that it could take 18 months to two years for sales to start. Obviously, things can change in terms of that. Also looking on in terms of revenue, pop was finally legalized because they know that there's a lot of revenue in the marijuana industry right now we're still in the we 're still in the coronavirus pandemic. The pandemic is coming to an end hopefully um, numbers continue to decrease uh, and vaccinations continue to increase for the most part so Obviously, the state of New York realized that they need to gain a lot of that money back that they lost because of the pandemic. So they said, all right, we'll finally legalize marijuana. We'll tax the fuck out of it. We'll make our money that way. They're going to put a 9% sales tax on it and an additional 4% tax split between county and local governments. Obviously... It's obviously the state pretty much won out here. Cuomo wanted most of what is already in the legislation to happen, so he got his way too. Okay. The bill is also going to eliminate penalties for possession of less than three ounces of cannabis and automatically expunge records of people with past convictions for marijuana-related offenses. So pretty much... If you're caught with weed, they can't arrest you anymore. Obviously, because it's legal for them. It's legal. Okay. You can also grow up to three mature and three immature plants for personal consumption. So if you want to buy a plant and grow it in your house or grow it in a garden or something, you can do that. You can grow up to six plants in total. So we're in a time now that like you can do this all legally. You don't have to hide hide it. You don't have to, you don't have to hide it. You don't have to pretend that you don't smoke weed, or you don't have to pretend uh, that you're not eating edibles. You don't have to, you don't have to like hide the weed. You don't have to hide the weed plants from anybody if you're growing that. There, I mean, this is all legal now. This is all happening, and the thing is though is like, in terms of it, it's, it's not like it's not a bad thing honestly. The state's going to make a shit ton of money. It's not like weed is an, I mean, weed is an impairing drug, but it's not a drug that like will, it's not a drug that'll kill you. It won't kill you. So in terms of it, it's kind of a win-win. It's a win-win for the potheads that love their fucking weed. It's a win for the state because they're gonna tax the shit out of it, and it's also a win for Andrew Cuomo because everybody's forgetting the fact that he needs to resign because he's a fucking creep and he also lied about a bunch of people dying in nursing homes. Don't let this forget. Don't let this make you forget that. Okay. So Andrew Cuomo, I see. I see right through you. But that's another conversation for another day. There. Uh, I don't want to go into that that much. Overall, though. It's a win for everybody. Pots legalized, state wins, the potheads win, the people win, Cuomo wins. everybody's happy.) Mm-hmm. All right, so we have finally reached the final four of the NCAA Division I men's basketball tournament. And our four semifinalists are Houston, Baylor, Gonzaga, who is going into the final four undefeated and is also the best team in all of men's college basketball. And our final participant is no stranger to the final four. Uh, making their 18th Final Four, the last blue blood in the tournament, the last true blue blood, in my opinion, but playing the role of Cinderella this year, just because, you know, it's 2021, anything could happen in this tournament with how crazy the season has been. The Bruins of UCLA, an 11 seed. Now, this tournament has been... Upside down, inside out, whatever you want to call it. It's crazy, okay? We all expected Gonzaga to make it to the final four of the tournament, and most of us expect Gonzaga to finish the season undefeated uh, because they're just hands down the best team in the country. Looking back at the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight, I mean, it really was no surprise for the most part um, how the... Sweet 16 and Elite 8 ended up being, except for UCLA making the Final Four. That's pretty much it there. I mean, the Sweet 16 saw America's darlings, Oral Roberts, uh, losing to Arkansas in the Sweet 16. Baylor made mincemeat to Villanova. Uh, America's other darlings, uh, the Loyola Chicago Ramblers uh, and Sister Jean, they lost to the Beavers of Oregon State. Um, but like in terms of it, for the most part, I mean, it, the tournament has kind of been predictable at this point, except for UCLA's run to the Final Four. I mean, Houston just—they've have not played a single-digit seed up until this Final Four matchup against Baylor. So they kind of had had an easy run to the Final Four. Gonzaga, they've just been running over all of their opposition, including beating USC in the Elite Eight, just stomping them. Uh, And USC was doing great themselves in the tournament. They were really no pushovers. It's just that Gonzaga is perhaps, like I said, the best team in the country. Many people think so as well. And what's scary is that players on the Gonzaga, Gonzaga, they're they're saying that they haven't reached their peak yet. If they haven't reached their peak and we're into the final four, oh my god, this you might as well just hand them the trophy at this point for crying out loud. I mean, in my opinion, like Gonzaga, Gonzaga's fourteen point favor, fourteen point favorites over UCLA right now, which is kind of crazy, and. I'm not saying that like UCLA doesn't have a chance, but for this improbable run to be happening for UCLA right now is just it, it's just insane. And for the bluest of bluebloods, for to be called a Cinderella, it's just crazy, it's just unheard of when you really think about it. I mean, given the fact that like 2021 this college basketball season, this tournament, like it's just been all pretty much lopsided. It's it's been insane. You have traditional powerhouses like Duke and Kentucky who don't even make the tournament. North Carolina gets knocked out in the round of 64 for the first time in, all in the first time in two decades. Uh, for the, then you have Ohio State, who was favored to go to at least to the final four. They get knocked out in the first round. Illinois gets knocked out in the round of 32. They were they were favored and projected to make the championship game against Gonzaga. Okay, then you have Michigan, who is another powerhouse in college basketball as of late. Uh, They lost to UCLA in the Elite Eight. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy how this tournament has gone. And here we are with these final four teams. Uh, You you have the best team in the country going up against uh, the bluest of blue bloods, uh, who are playing the role of a Cinderella darling because they're an 11 seed. And this 11th seed most likely shouldn't have been in the tournament. They ended up playing in the first four, coming back uh, to beat Michigan State in overtime. And their improbable run has just continued, uh, led by uh, former Kentucky uh, Wildcat Johnny Juzane. And it's just crazy. Imagine if Johnny Juzane stayed in Kentucky. Who knows where Kentucky would be right now? I don't think UCLA would be in this tournament. Maybe Kentucky would be. But then again, Kentucky also finished 9-16, and 16, so... Who knows? Maybe he gives them like two or three more wins. Okay, so that gets them up to 11-12 wins. Still not making a tournament, I guess. But Houston, they're not really a pushover for the most part. It's just that they really haven't played played anybody, in my opinion. They've played all uh, double-digit seeded opposition. And that just happens to be the luck of the draw when you really think about it because of how crazy this tournament is. And Baylor, is, and Baylor is no pushover, too. So looking at these games, uh, Houston and Baylor, can, I, I feel, could be a toss-up for the most part. And I, I'm not saying UCLA doesn't have a chance to win. I would love for UCLA to upset Gonzaga uh, and beat them like they did 15 years ago in 2006 and route to their national championship appearance against Florida. Um, but who really knows what would happen? I'm just excited that a Pac-12 team is in the Final Four because the Pac-12 conference has been the, con- the conference of memes, okay? The conference of champions, as called by Bill Walton, became the conference of memes over this pa- over these past couple weeks because Bill Walton predicted that five Pac-12 teams would make the Final Four. He said that Oregon State, Oregon... Colorado, USC, who's, who was in Oregon's region, and UCLA would all make the Final Four. And it's only fitting that the one Pac-12 school that makes the Final Four is the very school that Bill Walton went to, winning two national championships where he was a three-time player of the year for co- in college basketball, and he was also an integral part of an 88-game win streak For John Wooden's UCLA Bruins, which is still a record in men's college basketball. Not a record in all of college basketball, though. That record belongs to the UConn Huskies. Uh, They have over 110 wins, not once, but twice. So anybody that tells you that an 88-game win streak is the biggest win streak in college basketball, they're wrong. And you can tell them that. So but going off of the Pac-12 being the conference of memes for the most part everybody was kind of trolling Walton about like his predictions here but the Pac-12 just they, they didn't care the teams that from the Pac-12 that made the tournament they they made it to the elite they made it to they made it as far as they could there were three teams from the Pac-12 in the elite 8 Okay? Four of them made the Sweet 16. All right. USC and Oregon with them meeting in, with them meeting in the Sweet 16, one of the, uh, there was one guaranteed Pac-12 team bound to be Elite Eight bound. And it ended up being USC. Um when it comes to the Oregon State Beavers, they were picked last. In the preseason rankings for the Pac-12, they ended up winning the Pac-12 championship uh, in their conference tournament. They ended up making the they ended up making the Elite Eight themselves. UCLA they lost four in a row. Their best player was injured on New Year's Eve. They they were in the first four. Had to come back against Michigan State down by fourteen at one point. They're in the Final Four. They're the last team from the Pac-12 standing. Okay. What So it just goes to show that maybe Bill Walton is the man, and that's what I'm going to talk about here, because the thing is, though, is like, you know, even though Bill Walton has been the subject of memes, not just during this tournament, but also for the past few years, honestly, because, well, who knows, who knows if he's a pothead or anything, but he talks like one. If you ever listen to him commentate a game with Dave Pash on ESPN during Pac-12 After Dark... He just makes these random comments out of nowhere, so you really like you really wonder what's going on in the guy's head. But the thing is, though, is like, as he may sound like an idiot, but the man's the man's the man, honestly. okay? He had an illustrious basketball career, not only for the UCLA Bruins, but he also had a good basketball career in the pros too. Like I said. He was a two-time national champion at UCLA, three-time Player of the Year in college basketball, and he le- and he helped UCLA go on an eighty-eight-game win streak, which is still the most win consecutive wins for a men's college basketball program. He ended up winning two NBA championships. Uh, one with the Portland Trailblazers in 1977 and another one with, be, with the uh, 1986 Boston Celtics where he came off the bench as the sixth man. He was the NBA Most Valuable Player in 1978 and a two-time NBA All-Star, too. And eventually made his way to the Basketball Hall of Fame and the College Basketball Hall of Fame. Now, while he, Walton... Now, while Walton has been the subject of memes after his post after his post playing career, for the most part, especially during his time with the ESPN and the Pac twelve Network, it can't be forgotten like what he has done on the court, and it also can't be forgotten like about how he was right actually with the Pac twelve team making the Final Four. Now, while we all jokingly said, you know, oh, like there's no way a Pac twelve team can do this, especially five. Uh, Because, you know, Bill Walton just loves the Pac-12, calls them the Conference of Champions uh, with his tie-dye Conference of Champions Pac-12 t-shirt and everything here. But Bill Walton was right. We're not going to go too far into that, though, because who knows like what Bill Walton's thought process is. But Bill Walton was right. And he is the man for it. And UCLA, whether... You like it or not, they're in the Final Four. A blue blood is in the Final Four, playing the role of Cinderella in this topsy-turvy tournament. And it's just insane, actually. Now, going back to what I was saying earlier about their matchup against Gonzaga. I don't know if they have a chance to win. They're scrappy. They play great defensive basketball. Gonzaga's the best team in the country. I would laugh my ass off if UCLA beats the best team in the country and ends up going to the national championship. Because if they do, we're just going to keep on saying Bill Walton was right. Bill Walton was right. Bill Walton was right. We're also just going to keep posting pictures of Bill Walton everywhere as well just because, well, Bill Walton's the man. And but who knows? Who knows? Um, my only thing about UCLA and Bill Walton is this, if you don't like Houston, if you think Baylor University should be canceled because of all the shit that they were involved in in the past with both their football program and their basketball program, and if you just want to see Gonzaga lose, you might as well hop on the UCLA bandwagon. You might as well get on the bandwagon of the bluest of bluebloods playing the role of Cinderella, led by their King Bill Walton. There's magic on the court. And there's a wizard and his protege at the helm. so you might so you might as well enjoy it on Saturday because it could be the last game for the Bruins' season, but it may not be either, but as I'm saying, just enjoy it while it lasts. There's two ga- there's There's three games left in this tournament: two final Four games and a national championship game. Obviously. Most likely, for everybody's thinking Gonzaga-Baylor for the national championship, there are some people out there that would love CLA. Me, I'll pull for whatever entertains me the most. All right, as I have done with the past few episodes, I just want to go into some final thoughts before I conclude today's episode of the podcast. And I just want to say that now that we are in April, I'm glad that things are taking a turn for the better and that we are turning a corner with how things are going, not only with the coronavirus pandemic, but also just in general. Um, Since we are in April, there's a lot going on. We are in the heart of hockey season and the heart of basketball season the men's and women's final four is fast upon us the masters will be soon one of the greatest tournaments in all of golf in fact it's the best golf tournament in the world in my opinion baseball season is here opening day is upon us meaningful baseball games are about to be played we are in spring springtime calls for beautiful warm weather everything starts to come into bloom and we approach summer as the days go on because the days are getting longer and the weather is getting nicer just to reiterate that um so there's a lot to look forward to for the most part because like i said the weather gets nicer the days are longer summer is approaching Football is gonna come home in July when England wins the European Championships. Uh, if you are a soccer fan, I am if you are a soccer fan, you you'll know what I'm talking about. If you are not a soccer fan, I'm talking about the European Championships that will happen in June and July. Uh, it's a summer tournament between all the European countries between European footballing nations. Uh, it's a it's something I thoroughly enjoy to watch as it happens every four years. Um but with everything there being said I still always feel like something or someone is missing but as time goes on I realize that I'm not really missing anything. I mean I do miss certain individuals, I don't miss people as a whole and I just want to say that I start I realized this a few days ago when I was going on a walk um, One with one uh, with the warmer weather approaching and the nicer days happening. After work, I tried to go f- for a little walk somewhere here in the Rochester area. One of the most known places to go for a walk is along the Erie Canal in the town of Pittsburgh. And... I was, I went for probably about a mile down the canal, I decided to turn back, long story short. As I'm turning back, one of the people that I saw, I recognized and they were looking at me. It turned out that it it was a girl that I knew and we both like looked at each other and this girl I hadn't talked to in forever, I haven't talked to her since November, we I don't know if we, we kind of, I, I guess we kind of just like, you know, stopped talking to each other for whatever reason. Uh, but she was somebody that I used to hang out with a lot uh, over the past couple years. Uh, but like I said, we looked at each other. She, I, I had a feeling she was going to say something to me. She was getting ready to open her mouth and say something to me, like looking at me. But I, I didn't say anything. I turned my head away and I just kept walking. Didn't even look back in her direction. At that moment, I'm like, you know what? I do not want to waste my time uh, talking with someone that I haven't talked to in forever. Someone I realized that was kind of sucking the life out of me anyways. So for a personal growth standpoint, I kind of am okay with that, with what I did there. Um, So that's just something I figured I would share there because... As the days turn into weeks and turn into months, I realize that things are continuing to improve, not just uh, in terms of society as in, and in the world with how we can resume normal lives, but I'm able to learn some lessons along the way on, for myself on a personal note and realize that while change is happening in the world, I can take this time to change myself on a personal level. So things are looking up not only for the world in terms of the pandemic coming to an end. Things are changing for my perspective as well. And I feel like getting that off my chest and talking about it, you know, is something that I needed to do. And... If you guys don't give a shit, I'm not gonna give a shit myself. You know, this is my platform, this is my podcast. I figured I'd get a little personal, some a little personal here. But with that being said, I'm going to conclude today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. You can listen to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow the Jerry's World Podcast on Instagram at Jerry's World Podcast over the month of march i ran a competition uh the jerry's world march bandness 2021 competition and i am proud to declare the first ever winner of march bandness uh to be bruce springsteen as voted by the instagram followers on my story bruce springsteen has officially won the jerry's world march bandness 2021 competition I will want to say that I plan on doing a bracket like competition in the near future, something maybe not like a March this thing but maybe like, you know, best restaurants and bars in Rochester or best or or best fast food restaurants or something along the lines like that. Uh I am open to ideas there. Um if you have any ideas, have any feedback, feel free to reach out to me. I will listen to all your feedback uh as your feedback is generally encouraged, um as long as it is within reason, of course. And just like Bruce Springsteen was born to run, I am born to run as well. That concludes today's episode of the podcast officially. And until the next episode, everybody, just keep on keeping on.